Hey everyone, this is Tom Hunt of the Wireless Communications Alliance, and you're listening to the Connections Podcast, where we provide a deeper dive into all things wireless. Today we're talking about Halo, not the game, but the new low-power, sub-gigahertz Wi-Fi technology. Our guest is Zach Freeman, VP of Sales at Wi-Fi Pioneer Neurocom. Zach, good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's great to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. We have an interesting discussion today about Halo. I was thinking over the weekend, Wi-Fi has been evolving a great deal since the first release 25 years ago, and we've seen a constant theme, more bandwidth, less latency. And then in 2016 comes IEEE 802.11ah, or Halo. Can you give our listeners an overview of what Halo is and why the trend was changed? Absolutely, Tom. Um, so I, I think you're you're absolutely right. So we've seen that the march, the wonderful march of of, of mainstream Wi-Fi to be uh, faster and provide greater utility. Um, for the things that people use it for every day, right? So for uh, watching Netflix, one of one of my favorite uh, emailing videos. Uh, but at the same time, over the last 10 years, slowly, we've seen this IoT, this uh, always coming IoT concept uh, really become a reality. And uh, while Halo has uh, been in development here really over the last 10 years or so uh, since it first started, um, the use case and the timing is really quite good right now. So Halo does go the other direction. Um, it, it, you could look at it the other way, that it extends where 2.4 left off, right? Um, so you get that additional coverage. Uh, you get that material penetration. You move from 2.4 to a sub-gig frequency. So you, you get a lot of the benefits that the market has realized in the world of LP WANs, with all the goodness, inherent goodness of Wi-Fi, right? So the security, the scalability, the quality of service. And that does something that's that's really interesting. So um, one, one of the things it does, of course, the most obvious that everyone sees immediately is that, that range and that material penetration. So you can cover a whole home, you can cover a, a warehouse. We've tested in 700,000 square foot warehouses and got coverage. Um, but on the other side, for, for the home applications, you can reduce that power output and, and cover a home with very, very low power. So you get kind of these two, these two benefits um, that traditional Wi-Fi hasn't been able to address yet. So I, I think that that's what really makes this uh, a pretty compelling technology. Recently, there was an article published that said there'll be a trillion IoT devices. And obviously that encompasses lots of markets. But is Halo the catalyst for traction in IoT? Well, I think it's it's part of the story. That the IoT, uh, what is IoT? It's so many uh, different applications. And they have different uh, needs. Uh, but what we've seen is that you know, various technologies have kind of bended from their main uh, value proposition to address IoT. So we've seen uh, Zigbee, which was largely used as a point-to-point -point, uh, communication, low-power communication, uh, bend into that IoT space. We've seen Bluetooth try to bend into that IoT space. Of course, that was uh, originally a personal area network. And what's been conspicuously absent in that area is, is Wi-Fi, uh, and Wi-Fi is, of course, used for IoT today. 
Um, but to get these very small devices, very low power devices, um, soil sensors, uh, leak monitors, glass break detection, uh, air quality sensors that are battery powered to really enable that level, that next level of uh, smart home or smart uh, building, we need this combination, right? So we need the low power, the ability to run off batteries. Uh, we need to reduce the network infrastructure. We can't put repeaters everywhere and coordinators in a mesh type of fashion. So in that sense, for those particular use cases, which I think are numerous, um, Halo is a is an enabling technology. Uh, the other area that we see is in the world of sensors. So uh, LoRaWAN is a technology that's being used today for wide area dispersed sensors. And it works for the uh, temperature humidity type sensing. We're seeing these uh, rapid adoption of vision-based sensing that have much higher bandwidth need. So we're also seeing Halo as an enabling technology for vision, vision sensing in IoT. So there, there are a lot, of, a lot of different spaces that we think that this is very much enabling. You mentioned two interesting technologies that have been in the house for a while and Bluetooth, which has been ubiquitous every place. And when I think of Z-Wave and Zigbee and some of the traditional in-home solutions, there's always pieces I have to plug in. Does Halo remove that encumbrance? Uh, Halo, Halo is Wi-Fi, so it doesn't need to translate to IP protocol. It's it's an extension of what we're doing today and relying on for the majority of our for our computing and IoT uh, needs. So in that sense, it, it doesn't need to go from one protocol to another. Um, if, if an AP has a Halo radio, that's all that's needed. Um, you could look at it as just another extension of what was originally Ethernet. Right, Ethernet became uh, wireless Ethernet, and and Halo is part of that family. So, so yeah, it really reduces the complexity of adding those types of devices, both for the user as well as for the developer. Right. So, developer, if they're using uh, IP for their networking, they continue using IP for networking. Uh, so, in that sense, it makes this web of technology a lot clearer, and then. It has a broad enough uh, set of use cases that it can pretty much address between the Wi-Fi stack, including Halo, it can pretty much address the majority of connectivity needs all within that Wi-Fi portfolio. So you're saying it for in the home use, adding uh, a new widget or gadget to their home, be it a doorbell or some other sensors in the home. With Halo, it's going to be a lot more straightforward, but more importantly for developers, there's a pre-existing stack, so innovation can occur quickly. You've mentioned several times uh, LoRaWAN and Sigfox, narrowband IoT, or the traditional carrier network in narrowband IoT. What are the big benefits of Halo in that environment? Well, one of them is the speed. Uh, if we look at it compared to, to LoRaWAN, uh, we're talking 300 times faster at a minimum. So if we look at the fastest uh, LoRaWAN compared to basically the near the slowest Halo, it's 300 times. Uh, so it's a tremendous amount more bandwidth. 
So that's one area. Uh, but it goes beyond that too. Uh, sometimes we'll equate the LoRaWAN mechanism as sort of a message in a bottle. So you have a device that's, that's sending it out. It likely may not receive an acknowledgement that that message has been received where Halo being Wi-Fi is a, a much more tightly coupled uh, coupled network. So what that really means is that you can just do things with this technology that you can't do with LP WANs uh, due to that network uh, integration, the scalability, and the throughput. But the trade-off is that LoRaWAN has a longer range, but what we've seen is that there are a lot of applications where Halo would be a better fit. You don't need 10 kilometers, a kilometer is suitable for, for your application. And so in the LP WAN space, where you're looking for tighter network integration or better security or more scalability or higher throughput, that's where we see advantages. Um, think of any type of field area application. So a big solar field, uh, you want to get the uh, data from each of the solar panels on how efficiently they're operating so that you can monitor the tilt or the shading of those panels. It's a perfect technology for that type of application that previously there wasn't really either you're going to mesh like a Z-Wave mesh or you're doing LoRaWAN. Uh, either you have the latency and complexity uh, of a mesh or you have the low bandwidth of an LP-WAN. So that's, a, that's an, just an example um, where we're seeing there wasn't really a, a good solution. I'd say that the closest on the cellular side, we have MBIoT and then we have um, CAD M1. I'd, I'd say that you could look at Halo like a license-free uh, CAD M1. So higher bandwidth, higher quality of service, no subscription, unlicensed, you set it up as easy as Wi-Fi. Uh, but you get those, it's like putting up your own cell tower. That lends itself to lots of applications. So but what other markets are keen for disruption with Halo? That's a great question. I, I see it in two places. So if we look at the smart home and consumer space, we can leverage that material penetration, that range, so that we can reduce our power consumption. So we can run at much lower power output. Uh, zero dBm Halo radio has about the same coverage as a standard Wi-Fi uh, access point, but you're going to get years and years of battery life. So that's one area. You don't need kilometers in a house, but you do need those battery operated devices. So we think in that space, it'll be disruptive to some of the other kind of pan technologies that have morphed to, to become solutions. Uh, and then the other space, if I kind of segment these to, to two spaces, the other space is that commercial industrial uh, type of applications like the solar one that I'd mentioned. Uh, there we see agricultural applications, things like uh, soil monitoring with imaging. So here's the soil condition and here's what your crop looks like. Um, being able to provide that type of rich data. We see uh, construction applications where uh, they can send video over long distance for survey and, and things like that. Industrial applications, vibration monitoring. So we really have these, as we look at the market for Halo, we have these two segments. We have this smart home where it can disrupt with its low power and reliable connectivity. And then we have the, the uh, more commercial and industrial use cases where unless you've gone to a cellular type of solution, a lot of the time there's not a good, a, a good solution in that space that's easy to adopt. Got it. 
That's uh, that again. That's matches what we've been seeing at the WCA with Halo just primed for great opportunities in that segment, and not just in one specific area. We have a board member who had a Halo radio, and he was watching Netflix on it for some strange reason, just trying that. It's just like I just wanted to see what it would do, and. It's like, okay, that's not its intended use, but that really does illuminate this notion of bandwidth and penetration. He had the base station inside his office, and he was 700 or 800 meters away, and he was fine. That's pretty remarkable in contrast with some of the other solutions. Not to knock them, because they're all, they all have their place, but I think... Halo can cut across a wider swath of the industry and really potentially have some impact. I think you're absolutely right, Tom. They, they do. Um, they're all tools, right? I, I mean, eventually they're all kind of tools in our, in our arsenal. Um, and what I found, so when I, when I joined Neuricom, the first thing I wanted to do was kind of experience it, see it myself. Uh, so you'll see some videos uh, that, that we made out there. We're having a lot of fun taking it into different environments and testing it. And as I, as I mentioned, the first thing was around that range and the throughput. Uh, but as I started playing with it more and started talking to more people in the market that were early adopters and getting their ideas of what to what they can do with it, uh, it really it seemed like we kind of had something special. And, and the reason I say that is, for example, I had one customer that said, "The range that's great, the power wonderful. Uh, I need." a thousand devices per access point. I need density. That's, that's my main thing. And I, I need to make sure that they all work well. And so we, we, we built a lab uh, to test a thousand uh, physical devices operating concurrently in the real world. We'd simulated it. Uh, but it was really interesting to see that even with relatively small bandwidth, we're talking like three megabits on a one megahertz channel, we were streaming a uh, 720p video. We had a thousand digital displays. We had sensors, all these going through one AP, you know, that's less than a couple hundred bucks. Um, so, but there are a lot of aspects to this, this kind of new technology that innovators and developers can play with and, and really come up with something very cool and unique. I've been uh, talking for 20 minutes here, and I haven't even mentioned Neurocomps. Tell us where you guys fit in the ecosystem and how you got involved in AH. Yeah. Yeah. So Neurocom uh, has been around for around eight years now and very much focused on leading edge intellectual property development. So we're one of the top uh, IP uh, or top patent uh, um, receivers for Wi-Fi 6 today. So we have a business where we develop and, and license intellectual property. Uh, but we've also launched a number of chips in, in the past. So we have an on-market 11N radio uh, that's sold mostly in Asia. Uh, but this team was involved early on with Halo technology, and we thought that this might be a space where we can really make an impact in the market, uh, do something that hasn't really been done, be first to market. So we, we, just, we did just that. So we released our first Halo chip uh, in early 2020. 
Uh, and we have uh, a family of chips here that'll be coming out over the next nine months, um, targeting both for cost optimization as well as lower power consumption. So we've really been a, a pioneer in this space, but we aren't alone in this space. So the other great thing about Wi-Fi in general is it's an open standard. So there, there are other companies in this space. We uh, do interoperability testing with them. Um, we have we have a good relationship with them, uh, but you know if if you but Neuracom was the, the the first and and maybe the furthest ahead in this space. So we've had the opportunity to to get that early customer feedback, those early customer designs, and uh, it's just it's just really an exciting time. So Zach, could you describe Neuracom customer? So our our customers, uh, just like IoT, there's probably not one typical type of uh, customer. Uh, but today we have a number of partners. So on one hand, we have uh, probably close to a dozen various module manufacturers and uh, equipment providers. And we also have our, our direct uh, chipset customers. And those fall into uh, lots of different categories. But one thing that they all have in common is they were not satisfied with the existing technology that they're using in their solution. And they, they tried different things, uh, but their application demanded something different. So usually these, these engineers, and these developers did the research on their own. And through that research, they found this technology, Halo, um, thought it was interesting and started developing with it. And lo and behold, they, they, they were able to make products that work better. So I think that that's a, a common thread is our customers tend to be innovators. That's interesting. And since you came out with your first chip in 2020, are products now in the market? And can you describe some of them that are out there? It's interesting because there are so many, uh, there are a handful of case studies and press releases I want to do with our customers, but they don't want to tell anyone that they're using Halo. Because it's it's their uh, their secret weapon, um, so we do have some that are out there uh, that that we can we can share, and we've we've done press releases. So we have a number of customers that are in the sensor industrial sensing space. Uh, one of my favorite applications is we have a customer that makes a safety and security system that has been installed in a number of Vegas hotels. I think it's like 30 Vegas hotels, uh, SoFi Stadium, different uh, sporting arenas. And it uses a combination of technologies uh, to be able to track individuals and notify them if there's a security incident within the building, like a fire or a shooter. And they can go and install this and cover these entire large facilities because they have that halo backhaul without having to depend on the resident IT network that could uh, have its own its own issues or, or be unstable. So we, we see a lot of, um, and that was something that I, I hadn't even thought of that they're using uh, this combination technology for. So we see a number of different applications um, out there we have applications in the retail space, things like um, uh, monitoring of uh, uh, different parts of the retail environment, for example, uh, through vision. So there, the list kind of goes on. You'll, you'll get me kind of rambling, Tom, but you, what you'll find is that the thing that these, these applications have in common, like I said before, is uh, they, they were struggling to find 
a solution to their their problem uh, from a penetration, client coverage, or power consumption standpoint. You had mentioned access points and access points having halo modules in them. Where do you see that going? So my hope, my vision, and I, I think it's shared by the Wi-Fi Alliance, is that in the future, we'll see the four full portfolio of, of Wi-Fi uh, in the home and in the home AP. So Halo 2.4, 5 gig, and, and 6 gig, each serving use case. And that, like we said in the, the beginning of uh, our discussion, with the march forward of Wi-Fi 4 to Wi-Fi 5 to Wi-Fi 6 and so on is, is well understood, I think, within the market. Um, and, and so Halo, which adds a significant capability, but it's for the IoT, is something that the service providers are looking at and trying to understand. Uh, so we've seen some service providers already add, we'll call it IoT radios. They've either been Zigbee or BLE into some of their routers for certain things. So to control your window blinds or for a smart lock or, or something like that, security cameras, things, things along those lines. Um, but they're running into real physical issues, so real physical issues of contention on the 2.4 uh, gigahertz medium. So it's making that business not perform as well as they, they want. People are getting returns for their devices because they aren't performing well due to contention interference. So I, I see Halo as a really elegant solution for that. So you basically have a limitless number of things, little IoT devices in your house, and it has no impact on your PC, on your 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 uh, primary people use for Wi-Fi, watching Netflix, right? Um, so I think that we're seeing the big service providers see this and uh, the players in Halo today were smaller players. The big guys are watching very intently to see how this market plays out. Um, but it's happening. It's it's not happening because of hype, because of promotion. It's happening because of technical necessity to solve some of the use cases in the home. So we're seeing that happen at the ground level with engineers playing with this, saying, hey, this is a better way to go. So I do see Halo moving into uh, into the home use cases, it's not going to displace 2.4. It's going to add capability for for new use cases as they emerge. So I would I would expect to see um, Halo incorporated with Wi-Fi 7 routers in the future, perhaps not all of them, uh, but but a substantial portion and that adoption increasing uh, over time as more and more devices come out. Today, it's a little bit chicken and the egg. So we're having people that have to make a first move either on the APs or make a first move on the devices. Usually what they're doing is they're moving on the devices and then providing some halo uh, base station for either a camera or something like that. Uh, but I think that this, this will integrate. Um, from a technical standpoint, it checks the boxes for the use cases. What we need is people to use it, experience it, see that it solves their issues and and move that adoption, move that adoption forward. I just saw exciting news for the industry, a near $100 million investment in Halo. So it was very 
positive news for 802.11ah, in my opinion. I'll be interested to get your opinion. I think it's it's great news. From my standpoint, when I saw that is excellent. I shared that with my CEO. Morse Micro is a fellow company in this space. I guess you could call them a competitor, but we don't really view it that way, right? Wi-Fi is an interoperable technology. So our radios will work with Morris's or others, uh, but it's really a huge vote of confidence in the technology. And we've also seen a lot of, that was from Megachips, right? Megachips was one of the big investors. And we've seen a lot of uh, enthusiasm and adoption of Halo in Japan. And a lot of this has to do with the construction materials in the cities. There's a lot of concrete construction in Japan. You, it, it, and as I looked up those stats, I was wondering, well, they have earthquakes everywhere, right? <laughs> but they designed their, their buildings so they slide on the, on the bases. So, um, so we've seen a lot of that uptake in Japan. They also have something called the AHPC or uh, 802.11AH Promotion Council. So I think it's a, it's a big vote of confidence. I think it's a good boost and a good accelerator. We're personally, we're happy about it. It helps our valuation. Zach, want to talk about the future of Wi-Fi. From your perspective, what do you think are the next big things to happen in the Wi-Fi arena? That's a, that's a very good question. Today we're seeing 6E, right? So we're seeing the opening up of the, the 6 gigahertz space. Uh, which is alleviating, it's providing higher bandwidth and alleviating some of the congestion uh, in the five gigahertz space, but it doesn't address the, the range issue. Uh, it, it doesn't address the range issue. So I think that what we'll see is some of the features um, such as open roaming, uh, which is a WBA standard potentially. Some of these types of features that allow uh, connectivity outside of the home um, for devices to be able to connect to Wi-Fi networks outside the home, that would have a huge impact on Halo because of the combination of range and being able to connect to other access points. Uh, if this is present within homes, you now have a very high quality wide area network. Right, where you could have a, a pet tracker or a robotic delivery device, right, that, that can move through and, and communicate through these different APs that their coverage extends beyond the home to the, the neighborhood. So I think that that's a very interesting um, use case that we're, we're getting some inquiries in. Yeah, I think open roaming will finally simplify the overall interoperability and ease of use metrics that you think about with connectivity. And I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today on Connections. And we look forward to uh, bright things coming in the future. So thank you for being here. Appreciate it, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Connections. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please subscribe at the WCA website or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week for a new episode. Thank you.